0: reach the end of our series that we had been following and we're not in September yet to start our new one and so today I'm going to speak on something that's not connected to any series um, but it's something as I was thinking earlier in the week I thought maybe I'll do this and then as the week went on I kind of felt increasingly strongly that God has something to say to us this morning. I want to think about thankfulness. Beth has led us in thinking about God's faithfulness And I think it fits really well to take that on another step into thinking about thankfulness. So, I wonder if this cartoon, no, not that one, if this cartoon rings any bells for you, rings true for you, there is a long, long queue at the complaints window, but no one at all at the gratitude window that is next door. Nobody's interested in gratitude. And then there is a second one. The complaints box is overflowing, but the suggestion box is empty. my suggestion is to make a bigger complaints box. And I just thought this is so true of us, isn't it? And of our society that we live. We live in a place and a time that is more blessed than it has ever been in history, economically, materially, medically, educationally. And just in terms of our general quality of life, we are more blessed than any generation before us. And more than many others in our world today. And yet we do like to complain. These cartoons are a reasonably fair description of us and how we live our lives. The gratitude window is deserted compared to the complaints window. We often miss this unless it's pointed out to us, but the theme of thankfulness is a recurring theme throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New. It is repeated again and again. And we tend not to notice it because it's kind of scattered and spread out amongst other things. But when we gather all of it up, it is actually one of the Bible's major themes about how God's people relate to him and how we are to express our relationship with him. So I'm gonna read from scripture. I'm gonna read you several sections of scripture just as examples of this. You can follow along in your Bible if you have it, but we're gonna turn to several different readings. They will be on the screen if you prefer to follow along there. I'm gonna start in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, I'm going to read the first five verses. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm turning now to Psalm 136. I'm just going to read a couple of sections from this psalm. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. You could join in with that bit. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. His steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. His steadfast love endures forever. Who alone does great wonders? His steadfast love endures forever. And I'm going down now to the end of the psalm to verse 23. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. His steadfast love endures forever. And rescued us from all our foes. His steadfast love endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. His steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. His steadfast love endures forever and then finally we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians next one there it is and chapter 5 I'm just reading you a couple of verses here rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you let's pray jesus your word speaks truth to us truth about you truth about ourselves and truth about your love for us will you speak to us now and show us your truth about these things only when we discover your truth Can we truly live in your light and in your freedom? So come and speak to us now, we pray. Amen. So in many ways, we are no different, really, from anybody else. We do quite like complaining and huffing and puffing when things are not how we think they should be maybe some of us more than others, but we like to focus on the things that are bad in the world or the things that are difficult in our lives or that we're not happy about. But there are times as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, when we have to make the simple but profound decision that I don't want to live that way. I don't want that to be what dominates me. I don't want that mindset. And instead of majoring on being negative and the undoubted negatives that there are in the world and in our lives, I will choose to be thankful. I will choose to remember the goodness of God. In the times when Paul was writing his letters to the churches, in those times, gratitude wasn't seen as a positive thing. It was seen as a weakness. The Greek philosopher Aristotle said that a grateful attitude was demeaning to a person. Epicurus another Greek philosopher he regarded gratitude not as a virtue but as a vice because it led the person into a mindset of neediness and weakness and fear so the dominant philosophy in that society of what was needed for a person's well-being it was based on strength and definitely not On anything that might suggest that you might be dependent on another person for something and I was really interested in that because I think this is why Paul mentions it frequently in his letters to the churches because the Gentiles in particular and that's us the non-Jews The Gentiles had been raised in a society where to be thankful, to express thankfulness, was seen as a weakness and something to be avoided. And so as Paul writes to them, he is training them in the language and the attitude and the practice of thankfulness to God. And this must be why he so often includes thankfulness to God in his letters. He frequently says, I am constantly thanking God for you. And he says things like that frequently. Lots of times he mentions thankfulness and thankful hearts in his instructions to them. And I think the reason he does that is because he knows that they won't just do it that it kind of falls by the wayside. Being thankful is a whole new way of being for them. It's all part of this new life that they are learning about and discovering in Jesus. Now, we haven't been raised in a society where thankfulness is seen as weakness. But it is true that our society is a rights-based society. It's based on entitlement and taking things for granted. This is mine. Taking things as our due. When was the last time you thanked God for the amazing wealth of choice and variety on our supermarket shelves? When was the last time you tutted because the particular thing you wanted wasn't there that day. Scripture calls us to thankfulness, to get better at seeing the ways that God is good to us. And maybe the first thing we need to be clear about with thankfulness is that being thankful is not the same thing as being happy. It is possible to be thankful at the same time as finding your life really difficult. You can be thankful at the same time as you are going through great challenges or difficulties. Because thankfulness is not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Thankfulness isn't thankfulness is a choice it's a decision of the will an act of the heart an act of intention thankfulness is not about getting more stuff it's not about getting what you want or getting your problems eliminated thankfulness is about becoming more aware of God, becoming more aware of God's presence in our lives and the ways that he's working. Our thankfulness flows out of our understanding of who God is and where he is in our lives. Where is he in your life? God is always doing good things in our lives. He is always acting for our good. And the problem is that pretty often we miss it. It completely passes us by because we've got so used to taking God's goodness for granted. We don't notice it anymore. And we forget that the goodness that we experience every day doesn't just come to us by accident or just because we're naturally entitled to it. And because we don't see it, then we're oblivious to the call to be thankful. One of the reasons that we love praise and worship, and we do, but we don't love it just because it's enjoyable It is, or because it encourages us, it does. But it's also because when we express thankfulness to God, as we have just done, when we express that to God, it does something in us, it connects us to Him. When our worship is not just being done on autopilot, or done out of duty, or done just because we're enjoying singing. But when it is coming from genuine thankfulness within us, God will graciously use that loving thankfulness that we express to change something in us. It's like it unlocks something inside us. When we take the time and the care to notice and recognize just how many things God has given us and is still giving us and the fact that we don't deserve them and we're not entitled to them, that just seems to release something in our hearts. Now, when we're in pain in times of difficulty in our life, it is hard to do this. It is hard to be thankful and to see God's goodness, but we need it even more then. We need to make ourselves even more aware of the good in our lives and God's faithfulness in our lives, even in the worst situation. And we need to choose to be consciously thankful to him in those situations. Because doing that will unlock a door in us, no matter what we're facing. And even though it is hard at times, the more we do it, the easier it will get the more instinctively we'll be able to do it. It'll become part of our nature. An attitude of gratitude. Well, I think that's a bit of a platitude. It feels like one of those feel-good mantras that you can find on a thousand well-being sites and in a thousand gift shops gratitude is always a response to something we can't just feel perpetually grateful thankfulness is a response to something that we realize that we have received been given and so if you go from here in a little while today planning to work on your thankfulness my top tip is that it needs to be more than just a vague, general feeling that I ought to feel grateful. You need to identify what it is that you're thankful for. Only then will it be real. The more specific, the better. So you're not just paying lip service to being thankful. We can all do that. We can't be truly thankful for something that we don't know we've received or that we can't really identify. And part of the problem is, I think we get stuck about what to thank God for. We're not very good at identifying those things. So let me take you back to our verses from Psalm 103. The psalm begins, praise the Lord, or bless the Lord, O my soul, with all my inmost being, praise his holy name. So here I am, I am instructing myself, reminding myself to bless and thank God, because I do need reminding. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and and then in verse 2, what's the next step? Forget not all his benefits. Don't forget what he has done for you. Remember how much he has poured on you. So, what are these benefits that God has given us? Well, there are lots in Psalm 103. If you read the whole psalm, that's something you could do this week, this week's homework. Thank you for doing last week's homework. Some of you told me that you did. This week's homework, you could work your way through Psalm 103, one section at a time, and find things in there that you can turn into thankfulness to God. Just in these first five verses, what have we got? We've got the benefit of his forgiveness when we mess up. We've got the benefit of his healing physically and emotionally. We've got the benefit of him rescuing us from our tangles and our mess. We've got the benefit of his unending love and compassion towards us. We've got the benefit of our heart's desires being met, being satisfied. We have the renewing of our strength, our resilience, our hope. There's so much more in this psalm if you want to study it this week. But here in just these five verses, there are all these things that the psalmist identifies for us as things that we can lift our voices and thank God for in our lives. Maybe the single most ignored gift of God that he gives us is his presence. Just pause for a moment. Can we just pause and recognize God's presence with us now? And just pause and recognize that God's presence with us in our lives, that's not just a sideline thing. We, I think we tend to think of it in the same way that we think of water coming out of the tap. It's just always there. But how does it feel to think that God's presence with you in your life is a gift? that he gives to you. I think think we kind of know it, we've been told it, but we're not always good at understanding it as a reality. His presence is his gift to you. He is helping you and upholding you and surrounding you every moment of every day. His grace and his mercy and his peace and his strength are always with you. They are right there for you. We're not going to be thankful for his presence with us unless we start to understand it as a gift. And understand what a gift it is. psalm 136 which we also read a section of this psalm also gives us a reason to thank god but the difference in that second psalm is that although it is a long psalm like psalm 103 is this one doesn't give us a long list of things to thank god for This one focuses on one thing and repeats it over and over again. We repeated it. This psalm gives examples of things that God has done, but then it keeps returning to this one thing, and this is a really foundational thing. Can you remember what it was? His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love. I chose that version because this is a really important word. Steadfast is one of my favorite biblical words. His love is steadfast. Do you know what steadfast means? It means unmovable, unshakable, rock solid. God's love is steadfast. His love for you is steadfast. Nothing can change it. Nothing can move it or shift it or divert it. It doesn't mean that we're not supposed to change. We are. It's God and his love that is steadfast. And we need to learn a Hebrew word. A Hebrew word of immense importance, hesed. Hesed is the Hebrew word that is used whenever in Scripture it talks about God's faithful love or unfailing love or steadfast love. It is God's hesed. And I will talk about hesed more at another time because it's really important. But what I want us to understand about hesed here today is that hesed is action. It's not a passive description of God and God's love. Hesed is not what God looks like. Hesed is what God does. This is talking about it's telling us that God's love for us is Action. It takes the form of action, helpful action in our lives. That's what His love looks like. Hesed is found in God's helpful action in our lives. It's not just something that we talk about. Hesed is God doing good things for our good. And so, I wonder if you just take a moment to think back over the last few days, weeks, months, and years, whether you can see God's Hesed in action for you in your life. And I wonder whether that makes you sense. Your need of thankfulness to him. Our thankfulness to God isn't out of a sense of obligation. It's not what he wants. All God has ever wanted is a personal, loving, active relationship with you that you choose. His gifts and his goodness to you come from love and our thankfulness needs to come from love to flow out of the love that we have for him is this the kind of relationship that you have i wonder if You've heard that kind of thing talked about many times in church, but gone away still without it. Or maybe this is still a new concept for you. You need to know that it is the desire of God's heart to have a living, loving relationship with you. That's what he invites you into. You need to know that there is a steadfast, unshakable love that you are held in that doesn't alter even on the days when you feel you don't deserve it or he wouldn't want to know you. You can stretch out your hand and take hold of it. This love is for you. So we've seen that thankfulness flows out of an increased awareness, a better awareness of God's presence in our lives an awareness of what he's doing and how he's working and the ways that he works for our good. I also think that thankfulness flows out of a greater understanding of how his love works, this steadfast love. The nature of his chesed. Because I think that a very common barrier to thankfulness is, when, is in the times when we feel that we are at fault. That I have failed and that that puts me outside of God's love. He's not gonna want to know me today because I am this, or I am feeling that, or I have done this. We feel that somehow we are not enough. And it's hard to be thankful when actually you're feeling that you don't qualify for God's love at the moment. But what does God's steadfast love mean? It means that I am still loved in exactly the same steadfast and committed way. Even when I feel adrift and I feel lost and I feel like I'm on the outside of it because of some fault that I can feel in me. When I feel that I'm in the wrong, it feels like, well, his love won't apply to me now. But that is contrary to scripture, contrary to what he wants us to understand about his love. The whole point is that it doesn't change. Scripture says that his love is steadfast and it endures forever. And that means it's not conditional on me meeting some standards. It means it's not withdrawn or withheld whenever I don't meet those standards. Can you see that the enemy of your soul wants to keep you from knowing this? Wants to keep you from having this gift? understanding of what steadfast love means because he knows the power it could have in you it's so important that we understand the nature of his love and how it applies to you or we're gonna get things really wrong we're gonna exclude ourselves from the most wonderful gift that he wants us to have. Jesus lived a life of thankfulness with his father. When Jesus was on earth, the devout Jews, of which Jesus was one, they would have been taught to pray every day, blessed are you, Lord. The first thing they did when they got up in the morning was to pray, Blessed are you, Lord. And the last thing they did at night was to pray, Blessed are you, Lord. It's a prayer of thankfulness. They would start and end their day with thankfulness. And they could pray it whenever they wanted during the day as well. And they could personalise it each time. They could Add the particular thing that they were thankful for blessed are you Lord who walks by my side blessed are you Lord who has provided a roof over my head blessed are you Lord who has blessed me with family and friends blessed are you Lord who makes my work prosper blessed are you Lord who hears and answers my prayers And I actually think this would be a beautiful thing to try for us. In the morning or at night or whenever works for you, just a single thought is enough, but do it regularly and often. Blessed are you, Lord, who has helped me. Blessed are you, Lord, who has carried me. Blessed are you, Lord, you are with me in this storm. Blessed are you, Lord, your presence is with me now. And I do think here that we need to get beyond just thanking God for creating this beautiful world every day. We are thankful to him for that, but this needs to be a lot more personal than that. Think about what's ahead in the day what the day holds. If you do it here and there throughout the day, you can think about how you can be thankful in connection with whatever is happening at that particular moment or whatever you're feeling at that point in the day. Blessed are you, Lord, you have been with me. Blessed are you, Lord, you do understand me. Can you see that what you're doing is you're building your awareness of God's presence with you and the ways that he is working in your life every day. I wonder if you might try it. Maybe try it for a few weeks, try it for a month, write it on a post-it and stick it around the house. Blessed are you, Lord, who And you can add what you want to be thankful to him for in that moment. I believe that this can change us, that this can change our relationship with him when we consciously practice thankfulness and make ourselves more aware of his presence with us through the day. So I've got three questions for you just to finish today for us to think about so what are the things that stop you from being thankful to god what is it that can get in the way what feelings or what kind of thinking and what could you do about that secondly What difference do you think it could make in you if you more consciously practiced thankfulness to God? What difference would you like it to make in you? And thirdly, is there a part of your life at the moment? where introducing the practice of thankfulness could maybe change things, could give you a new perspective and a new focus, a new awareness of where God is and what he's doing. Let's just pause to reflect on those things and then I'll pray. Lord, I pray that your love would burst in on us this morning, that it would burst in on us in a new awareness and a new understanding of how your love works in our lives and what we need to be thankful for. May we experience your love in a new way this morning. As we start to see it in new ways, the ways that you love us. Will you plant this word in us, plant it in our hearts that it might grow in us and fulfill your purpose in us, your purpose, which is always to give us more of you in us. To draw us closer to you, to give us greater awareness of you. Amen. We're going to sing now 10,000. Re-